There is a thin veil that protects humanity from the horrors and darkness of the other. Within the other lives everything that our minds can bring to imagination. Or maybe it is not imagination at all, and just a thinly veiled reality that our mind cannot believe to be true. The veil is the will of humanity to protect the innocent from the dangerous and the horrible. A pursuit to ensure that the darkness of the other does not consume the world. The vanguard are those who uphold the veil, who know the truth of the horrors and fight it every day to protect the innocent. They must ensure that the balance is maintained and the darkness held at bay. We are the vanguard of the veil. Welcome, everyone, to another session of the Vanguard of the Veil, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast powered by the Apocalypse System. I am your keeper, Fred, and my pronouns are he, him, and joining with us tonight, Alex. Uh, hi, I'm Alex. My pronouns are anything you want to call me. I play Deandra. Her pronouns are she, her. Yeah. Josh. Hello, I'm Josh. I play Spin. Both our pronouns are he, him. And Matthew. Hello, I'm Matthew, and I'm playing Professor Gunderson. Dennis Gunderson, there we go. And, my, and our pronouns are he, him. All right. Well, we left the last episode on a cliffhanger, so Matthew, if you want to just get us right into the mood. On the last episode of Vanguard of the Veil... Having turned Avril Harley into a pile of mulch, the team brings a sample back to Dr. Gunderson's lab. With the assistance of the Nuggies, the demon hunters determined that the creature was plant-based and found a sample of red clay. Skip discerns that the clay came from an area called Hell's Half Acre, an abandoned area centered around an old turnpike. The team preps themselves, steals a car, and heads out. At Hell's Half Acre, yeah, Hell's Half Acre, the team finds a cabin in the woods and a figure outside. Uh, it's another missing person, whose name I didn't write down. Oh, wait, it's Alicia. Uh, Alicia tries to get the team to help another person in the cabin, but Deandra senses Alicia's deceit, and the team murders her, her plant ass horribly. Uh, they go to investigate the cabin, finding Skip's friends along with a large writhing mass with pods attached to it. You did it twice this time. not Skip? Spin. It's, spin. it's not skip. We literally my, said that. My notes. So you gotta say it when I'm writing it. You know what's funny is I actually I have it right in my notes and wrong on the See, look, do you see? Uh, you see? Wrong on the recap. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna say it again. Whole thing. I'm kidding. I'm not. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Alright, fine. No, no, no. We're fine. No, don't We're say fine. it again. Fine. We made You'll it. eventually get it. You just have to, you know. I'm just what gonna, you can do is I, just say spin, and then we could just hard edit it in there. Yeah, exactly. Spin. <laughs> you know what it it's is? It's like one it's, of those bleeps. Yeah. It's like it's like one of those like earworms. Like I got it wrong the first time, and just a curse that lives with me until the end of time. It, but it would be funny if it was like in character, and you just like accidentally called your student the wrong name. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> Professor Gunderson would do that because he knows spin. <laughs> That's fair. I don't That's know fair. spin. Okay, so the three of you break into this dilapidated cabin and you find 
two students off to the left-hand side, uh, unconscious, but in front of you is what captures your attention. An incredibly large, plant-like creature, hideous, postulating, bulbous flowers coming out of it, and uh, what looks like a human with the skin and flesh torn from the skull, and it is now just in front of you. The, the petals of its mouth open up and just some kind of viscous liquid uh, flies out of its mouth. What do you do? Freak out. I, I have to figure out what I can do that makes the situation better. Okay. Well, you've already utilized your... Yeah, I did my thing, and I yeah. it's bad because now I don't have my thing. You don't have your thing yet? My, my tell you what. makeshift flamethrower that was made with, like, pesticide. Yeah. i tell you what. Spin, upon seeing this, is going to jump back, still in front of these two, and s- exclaim, Doc, what is that thing? Uh, 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 uh roll to, um, uh, investigate a mystery. Okay. Uh, that's an eight. Eight. It's an eight. Okay, so that is a partial success. You are allowed to ask me any question you'd like. What sort of creature is it? It is definitely (laughs) some type of mutated plant creature. You can see that it has, like, these numerous, like, bulbous flowers sprouting from the back of its mossy body Um, there are tentacles that come out of it and you can see that it is not so much mobile it is connected to what looks like a broken part of the floor and the rest of its like body kind of like goes underneath uh, the floor of this building oh god I've not practiced this voice oh shit well, Skip, it appears to be some sort of mutated... Well, young Master Martin, it appears to be some sort of mutated plant creature. I told you, it's like, it's like in my head now. I'll get it tattooed on my face. No, don't get face tattoos. You're no longer spin. You know, as I watched like all of regular show and I got just skips stuck in my head. Anyway, I answered uh, your question. <laughs> you did. What is the creature doing? Is it just like hanging out? Uh, it is writhing. You could just see like some of the flower uh, bulbs opening and closing. You do see these like huge, like almost like uh, wh- what do they call those things uh, that flowers have? Proboscis? Is that a thing? Is that an insect? Pestle. 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 Okay, pestle. there's like these large pestles that come out of its back, and uh, you can see that there is like a fine mist of like pods or whatever just kind of hovering around it. There is some kind of liquid, maybe like a saliva coming out of its front bulb, the mouth of this creature. Um, and you can see that the, the flesh has been stripped away from the person that was in its mouth, um, and it is just writhing in front of you. If no one's going to act first, I'm going to run over to the two that are unconscious. Okay. Um, 
do they look like they are human still? Yes, yes. Um, so they do not have the telltale signs of like, you know, the the pod people um, that you have encountered. Okay. Um, do they seem to be in direct danger at the moment? Um. Well, I mean, this creature is rather large and grotesque and uh, from observing it just stripped the flesh from the skull like as it's like acidic saliva probably ate away at the flesh uh, immediate or not they are in danger okay um, I'm going to try to drag them out of danger can I should I roll act under pressure or protect someone uh, I'll allow either or it just depends on how you would like to approach it okay so I'm gonna act under pressure because like they're not being actively attacked and it looks like protect someone is like protecting someone from an active attack okay yeah I can see that so I'm gonna use um, act under pressure to try to like drag them away from the reach of this creature. okay I got a six. Okay. So unfortunately that was a failure. You start to kind of like pull on both their bodies, but you immediately lose your step and you drop on your rump as you slip on the slick mossy floor of this cabin. You can see now that the entirety of the inside of this building is just covered in foliage. um, And it all seems to be stemming from that, broken floor that's behind this creature uh you will gain one experience point for failing um so now the professor or spin uh you're able to act i'm not an act first kind of person that's fine i got it don't worry all right i'm i see deandra try to move the people and slip and fall that i'm like oh i can do that and so i sprint over and i will because I know them. They're my friends, right? Correct. So you do recognize them as Chad and Terry. Sick. They were the two that came here to look for Faye, who had recently gone missing. And now you look over at the person that is lying on the ground in front of this creature, uh, faceless. And you have this sick pit in your stomach. And you believe that might be Faye. Damn. Okay. So I'm going to run over, scoot, like, okay. When I run over there, it's going to look like I'm doing a weird corkscrew flip that I half bail on, but I land in like perfect position to scoop up these two and then start running again. So I'm going to pick up Chad and Terry, Chad over shoulder, Terry under arm, and we're going to slide out of here. And I, as I am moving to do this, I'm going to look at Deandra and say, uh, light them up on your way out, and I'm going to try to book it. Okay. Act under pressure. Act under pressure. Oh, my God. What is that? Cool. This is just going to be raw, baby. Nine. Okay. So that is a partial success. Um, so you are successful in your endeavor. I would say that you probably get to just about the doorway. So you're kind of like on the front porch uh, in the doorway. So you are kind of blocking the way out for now, but you are being successful in your endeavor of taking these two people out of harm's reach. Professor Gunderson, 
I would like to use magic, a.k.a. do weird science. Okay. My intent is to try and uh, use my goo gun to uh, try and trap the monster where it is. Okay. Go ahead and roll weird. That's a weird science. Uh, That is a seven even. Okay, so partial success. So your intentions were to uh, basically keep them where they are, like prevent them from like yeah. moving or whatever. Okay. Um, I guess in uh, use magic, I don't know if there's repercussions as well. I don't. So there, there so there are uh, because I between seven and nine, you get a glitch. What does that mean? So, it- so uh, glitches. This is the keeper chooses uh, glitches. Uh, the effect is weakened. The effect is of short duration. You take one harm, ignore armor. The magic draws immediate unwelcome attention. It has a problematic side effect. The keeper may say that the spell requires weird materials. The spell will take ten seconds, thirty seconds. Oh, perfect. Oh, that's all for other than you pick. So due to your partial success and this glitch, you are able to trap this creature where it's at, uh, kind of impeding its ability to attack or move for now. But you have also gooed yourself to the ground and you are currently immobile as well. Well, I don't like that. No. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Um, I would like... uh, I would say uh, for Deandra and Professor Gunnarsson, I'm going to have both of you act under pressure right now. Because <gasps> tentacles come whipping towards you and try to smack at you. Not oh, tentacles! That is, that is uh, you said act under pressure? Which yes, is that is correct. Cool. Nine. Okay. Seven. Great. So both of you are partially successful. Although you aren't greatly injured by these whipping tentacles, they do um, smack up against you uh, very hard, and you both take one point of damage unless you have some type of armor. The the tentacles themselves almost have like the wetness and texture of like a tongue. It is very disconcerting, and it is yeah, it, it just leaves like this thick saliva on your skin where it, uh, it strikes. Y'all ever been tasted? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we will start the round fresh. Uh, this creature is trapped, but the tentacles are whipping wildly. You can see that there is just saliva dripping everywhere, and the saliva that's coming out of its mouth that had stripped the f- flesh from Faye is kind of like searing around the body that when the droplets hit the body so it is leading you to believe that that can be very bad for you if you get inside its mouth I am going to stand up um, pull the Molotov cocktail out of my pocket light it with my cigarette and throw it at this thing do you have a catchphrase Uh, uh, it's time for us to leaf (laughs) Roll, kick some ass. (laughs) Okay. I suck at kick some ass. This is going to be terrible. I believe in you. I believe in you so big. I got a seven. Okay. 
Hey, it's good enough. So partial success. So um, obviously the confines of this cabin, the size of this creature, uh, it would be very hard to, to miss this creature. Um, but one of the things that you didn't think of was the splash effect of the alcohol as the bottle shatters up against the rubbery and kind of like mossy texture of this creature. And uh, a lot of the area around this creature has also caught on fire, which places Professor Gunderson in direct danger. Um, if he is unable to successfully remove himself from the ground in this round, on the next round, he will take fire damage as it is spreading dangerously close to him. But this will give the other players, well, since Deandra already went, it'll give Spin or Professor Gunnarsson the opportunity to figure out how to save him. The creature itself takes three points of damage um, and it'll take one point of ongoing damage as well. Every round. Spin, my boy. My most trusted pupil. I need your assistance. Sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, okay, so I have... Spin, whose name friend. I would never forget, or misconstrue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I have made it out of this cabin now, right? With the two? Because I was, like, almost yeah, out. Yeah, you could, like, almost leave them on the patio and still take your turn to go in and maybe grab the professor. Okay, I'm going to make sure, yeah, I'm going to put them out of harm's way. I'm going to turn around, see the fire. Just... Zip bursts into speed again. Um, and I'm going to scoop up Professor Gunderson and I'm going to cradle his head and neck and then just like dive backwards. Like immediately. Like I'm, I'm cradling his head and neck because I'm moving very quick and I don't want whiplash to happen. Okay, so would you consider this more of like a protect someone, act under pressure, or maybe some other type of move? Either one of them, I was hoping I could roll to help out. <laughs> okay. Probably yeah. protect, because I'm trying to keep him away from the fire damage. Okay. So go ahead and start with the help uh, roll, Matthew. Show me. Good roll. Uh, that's uh, an eight. Okay. So that's a partial success. So uh, you'll get plus one forward, meaning you get to add one to your roll for this roll. Sick. Uh, but I also expose myself to trouble or danger. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Exposure. It's giving eight. Okay. So you're partially successful as well. So, Spin, you grab Professor Gunderson, you cradle his head and neck, and then you just dive backwards, failing to realize that he adhered himself to the ground with his contraption, the goo gun, when he had shot the creature. The act of you not realizing this and just tearing his body backwards, you rip him out of his pants, his shoes, and some of his skin, and he takes one point of uh, just damage to his legs um, as sheets of skin is left behind. Uh, he marks leg damage. <laughs> leg damage now have any of you entered into the four points or four harm threshold yet i'm at three points no. of harm i'm at two okay okay this is the most All a character right. of mine has been injured today uh no actually except for the finale of yeah season one <laughs> <laughs> well you always had like 
two the armor professional yeah the professional yeah. armor and then the actual like flak armor so you always negated two points uh but the professor is not as armored as agency no he's not it's bad <laughs> okay so now deandra uh you are the only uh person in this room once again i would like for you to act under pressure as this thing is whipping wildly with flaming tentacles in what looks like uh, fits of pain. Okay. I'm going to act under pressure. I believe in you. You're mighty. Nine. Okay. Yes. So you are successful, partially. Um, you will only take one point of damage as um, it, this thing is just trying to grapple you. And it is unable to get a grip on you, but it does whip you. And you take one point of damage. And now it is your turn. Since I'm the only one left... How badly does this thing seem damaged? Um, you would say that, a, a, I mean, look, it, it is a plant creature and it is on fire. And it does not look like this fire is going out anytime soon. It is very possible that due to the splash effect of the Molotov cocktail that this entire cabin can possibly be uh, caught on fire and consumed. Okay. Um, I'm going to, like, stand there in the midst of the, the the flames and I'm gonna say gotta make sure this thing is done right and I'm gonna like aim my magnum and I'm going to fire at the, the like wh whatever seems like the most central part of the plant okay <laughs> I'm going to use my luck I'm gonna click one nice. to make an automatic 12 excellent I'm taking my time I'm looking like a badass cigarette hanging out of my mouth Firing, firing my gun. Okay. So you are successful, um, and greatly so. You are able to locate the a vulnerable part of this creature's body, and uh, you plug away several shots from your magnum. You can see, like, as these bullets enter its body, just like these pods erupt as liquid just sprays into the air leaving like a fine mist of some kind of green liquid and uh, it is kind of slumping onto the ground the tentacles stop whipping around as vigorously as they were and it seems like the fire is starting to encompass the entirety of its body um, and it is just weakly moving around on the ground can, can I jump out a window? Absolutely. You you <laughs> jump right. out of the window, uh, kind of shattering a portion of it, uh, you know, tearing some clothes, but not to any further damage on yourself. You burst out, magnum in hand, and you see uh, Spin uh, dragging the professor out of the front door. Um, you can see that there are just these bloody gashes on his leg from uh, where it looks like he either took some kind of slashing damage or just just was mutilated. Uh, and then you also see the two unconscious students um, just right outside of the porch. After looking at them, you look back at the cabin. You can see that the flames are starting to lick out of the window and you can see uh, smoke coming out from the roof. Um, and you, you can visually see a large roaring fire inside this cabin. Okay, uh, I'm going to try to help carry the, the people and the professor back towards the car. Okay. Can I so, try and perform first aid on myself? Absolutely. Can I help? <laughs> absolutely. How do I roll to help first aid? Uh, roll help out. Oh, I, see I will it. roll. Trust me, I'm a doctor. 
I rolled an eight. I help out by giving you my shirt, and I shred okay. it for you. Nice. Make little and trinkets. I shoot. Actually, did that help? Yes. It gives that, you a plus that, one. With, with his plus one, I got a seven. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, that says for me, uh, on a seven to nine, choose one. Heal one harm or stabilize the injury. I'm not unstable, so I will heal one harm. Yeah, and you do so. You immediately take Spin's clothing that has been um, torn into strips. You create a tourniquet with one of them, and then you uh, basically start wrapping up um, the open wounds with the other one, just trying to help stem the flow of blood and prevent any further contamination and infection. Um, You're able to walk, but it is incredibly painful to do so. Um, You have lost your shoes, he is uh, unfazed by the fact that he is pantsless right now. Yes. <laughs> what are you a boxers or a brief man? Commando. Commando. No, he's he's Teddy White. He's okay for sure. I'm gonna pick up Chad. I'll carry Chad in my arms, and I'll drop to a knee so uh, Professor Gunderson can get on my back if he wants. I can carry you, Doc. <laughs> no spit eye. I think I need to walk this one off. The pain, it's invigorating me. Or perhaps this is the most exercise I've had in months. Ah, same here. Chad starts to rouse uh, as you kneel down and he wakes up in your arms. He looks up at you and goes, Spin? Oh, dude, it probably looks so cool. I'm, like, kind of sweaty. There's a roaring flame behind me, and I'm just, like, shirtless, like, holding it. Is Are you, like, completely shirtless, or did you just give yourself, like, a... A crop top? top. <laughs> oh, fully shirtless. All right. <laughs> fully, fully shirtless. Okay, I want to retcon yeah. it and say that when Spin gave me his shirt, I put his shirt on, like, pants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So there's still a big hole, <laughs> <laughs> my crotch, my crotch level. Like a bad diaper. <laughs> like the neck hole is like where your crotch is. Yeah. But it's like, it's 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 all low, so it could still like cover up the wounds. This is good. This is very good. Uh, I look at Chad and I'm like, uh, hey, buddy. What's going on? Why, why are you, are you holding me? Yeah, you were knocked out. I was going to carry you. Oh, wait a minute. There was a, a girl. She... It was one of the missing girls. Wait, where's Terry? Is she okay? Right here? Oh, Terry's a girl. Like, yeah, she's like up and on point the ground. To Terry. <laughs> just like nobody's holding her. She's just like surreptitiously laid on the ground. Well, I, I'd be going over to grab whatever one. Yeah, that's what I was to say. That's what Deandra said. Yeah. Deandra <laughs> would like grab by the arm and drag a person, I feel like. Yeah, I'm dragging her by could, the Could that not way, be bothered. That way you can still smoke up. with your other hand. Because <laughs> yeah. my original yeah. thought was just going to be, hey, Deandra, just throw Terry on my back and I'll just backpack Terry yeah. and carry Chad. But then Chad woke up and I was like, oh, well. And Professor Gunderson has tucked his, his shirt into his pants shirt. Because <laughs> he's got to have some level of decorum, right? Right, right, right. Now, it's weird, but he's a little weird. One thing that uh, I will kind of just like relay to everybody is that as hunters, there has been some type of incident or traumatic experience in your past that kind of led you on this path to become 
monster hunters. Uh, but for the average person, monsters do not exist. And, and that is kind of like a metaphor for the veil, right? You know, people do not know about the horrors that are out there. And it's sometimes important for you guys to try to uphold that um, notion, that veil. And uh, so Chad's like, what, what what happened? Why why is that building on fire? I kind of want to walk up to Chad as as he's in Spin's arms and like start questioning him and like shine a flashlight into his eyes, just kind of like try to figure out if he's affected. Um, you you th- so his eyes are kind of like dilated. You think that maybe he has partaken in some kind of toxin from the plant that maybe had knocked them out. Um, you are not sure if there is going to be any further lingering effects, but he does seem kind of like drowsy, groggy. But he doesn't have any, like for when we fought the two plant people, like he, I'm not seeing any signs that he's like mutated at all. No, no, not whatsoever. Uh, there is no signs of any kind of like plant features coming from either of these students they probably were just like huffed some plant you know fumes and were passed out or something i don't know how you guys got high but back in the day we used to huff plant fumes (laughs) yeah back in the day (laughs) i can't like anymore that's fair same truly i'm gonna prop if chad's up i'm gonna stand him up and then go pick up Harry, or on my back like a backpack. Okay. So the you can walk. The five of you make it back to your car. You're able to get everybody inside. Uh, Chad, I want to check the trunk for shoes and possible pants. Preferably um, sweatpants at this point. You know, I I would say you find a gym bag, and although they do smell and seem as if they were used and not laundered as of yet you do find a pair of running shoes and sweatpants i like to think that the running shoes are like two sizes too big but i definitely put on the pants over my med my medical shirt yes <laughs> my my the legs leg portions that are exposed are a bit chilly so he needs pants it looks awful as you kind of uh, place Chad and Terry into the car. Uh, you watch the building start to kind of collapse on itself due to the roaring flame that's uh, inside this structure. Um, do you decide to leave? I think curiosity would hold me back to see what happens when like, it dies down or we can get a better idea of what if, if we can still see the plant creature at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna also like stand outside of the car smoking a cigarette and I'm gonna look at Gunderson and say, This is this is my favorite part. And as DeAndre says that, from the roof, the uh ceiling of this structure, you can see the creature like rise up in a ball of fire and just start whipping its tentacles wildly outside the confines of this building. It is standing probably about eight to ten, maybe even more feet tall um, as it kind of erupts from the top of this building. And just as ferociously as it 
uh, erupts from this building, you can see that it was merely just the death throes of this creature as it kind of collapses into a wall and knocks it over uh, and then just slumps onto this uh, felled wall and is just burning into a just kind of like a charred carcass of this creature. The remaining building also burns away. You know, probably a good half hour goes by um, and you don't see the creature move at all. And as the flames start to die away, uh, you look uh, upon the remains of this building and this creature. You are fairly confident that uh, fire or you know, some other form was probably the weakness of this creature uh, as it is just lying there ashen. But something that catches your eye, Deandra, the roots of this body that submerges uh, below the uh, wooden floor, that wooden floor has been burned away. And as you kind of like look over the burnt rubble, of this structure and the remaining charred carcass of this creature, you see that it goes into the ground, the forest ground that was below this wooden structure. And there is a visible like aperture. There is a hole uh, in the ground. Would you like to take a closer look? Um, I'm going to look at Professor Gunderson and be like, do you see what I see? Hmm. I do believe I do. What do you think? Hmm. These roots run deep. But perhaps now is not the time to continue this investigation. I do not like to get pinned with Grand Theft Auto. Oh. I mean, you just dump it in a ditch, it'll be fine. Hmm. Should we, when should we come back? Perhaps when I have clean pants and comfortable shoes and a flashlight and a gun and fire and perhaps some gadgets. You need a lot, don't you? Do not question my process. <laughs> Look, obviously you've grown since we last interacted. I have put on about 15 pounds. Not what I mean. Not what I mean. But, okay. Um, Yeah, I guess we can come back when we get some stuff. I think getting these kids to safety is the first... um, Oh, yeah, them too. First thing we should do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to... I'll start up the car and start heading back. The five of you make your way back to campus... Spin takes the two students, places them into their dorm rooms. He knows where, you know, they stay. Um, I would assume probably Chad is your roommate, so, you know, that's easy enough and you're able to carry Terry back to her room. Deandra, you head back to the uh, roadside motel that you're currently staying in uh, that you uh, are paying a daily uh, fee for. And uh, Professor Gunderson, you go back to uh, your science building, the DJ Poly D Center for the Sciences. All three of you that night kind of have weird dreams. This hole that you had witnessed 
just doesn't sit right with you and uh, it is kind of haunting you and um, you all wake up somewhat uneasy possibly looking for more more answers maybe going back to the site or getting together to have a discussion in regards to what you have seen I guess I'll head back to the the Polar D Center of the Sciences. Oh yeah, I would have done that first thing when I woke up. Yeah. So the three of you convene at Professor Gunderson's laboratory. The Nuggets are running around. Uh, they have just all types of medical supplies wrapped around their heads and their arms as they tend to the professor. Oh, sorry, can I say on the way, I'm going to check out of the hotel and then stop by a sporting goods store and buy a okay, sleeping bag. Okay, absolutely. Okay. Hell yeah. All right. Okay. So yeah. That, all right. So we're in the in the in the Poly D yep. Science Building. J Poly D Center for the Sciences. Yeah. Uh, how early would you all have shown up? Uh, well, I would been I've been heavily drinking. Um, so I'd probably wake up around. 10 or 11 okay so enough not early enough that i wouldn't have gathered myself and showered (laughs) yeah spins seven probably seven a.m just like standing outside the shower (laughs) oh yeah the shower is is one of those like laboratory showers for like detoxifying so like i like pulled the chain to like get get soak it's right next to the eyewash station yes 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 the nuggies the nug- scrub my back. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, Professor, I-, I think I think there's more going on here than we thought. I I think I'm gonna stick around a while, and then I'm gonna like roll out my sleeping bag in a dark corner of his lab. Hmm. Why again were you here in the first place? I don't know. Something brought me here, and I think uh, there's some connections that need to be made. I think, and I think. Um, I think this is the place that that I need to. I think this is the place that I need to be. Hmm. Well, I suppose we could use an extra pair of hands around here. Yeah, just yeah. I think you guys did great. I should start working out though. <laughs> yeah. Now, Professor, were you feeding Spin some type of compound that has made him the athlete that he is? I feel like that was a discussion we had during character building, right? I don't know if we said that I fed him anything, but we definitely said uh, (laughs) that Spin is an old patient of mine uh, and that uh, it was intervention by the professor that made him the, the fine specimen that he is today. So do you think, like, at some point, Spin had maybe undergone some type of injury or, you know, some kind of surgery? And during that time, you might have done something uh, to... So multivitamins. I think think that uh, coming from a prior generation, uh, Professor Gunderson might have... Uh, looked at the frail being that was Spin and said something grotesque like, I could remake you in my image. 
And then uh, probably, I think, so my specialty is in uh, biogenetic engineering. So <laughs> it might have been something more along the lines of like lethal dose of radiation or something got like it, that. Got it. Okay. So we'll, we'll leave that at that just so we could explore it uh, in future episodes. Um, okay. Well, the three of you uh, kind of sit around the laboratory you basically hear, you know, that, well, I don't know if I should say that, you know, no other students have gone missing. It's only the next morning. But you feel confident that the reason these students were going missing was maybe due to this creature. Now, what is important is where did this creature come from? You know, how did it exist? And, you know, what did it do to make those pod-like creatures. Are there more? Roll to investigate a mystery. Please do. <laughs> you could also connect the dots as well. I guess that's each mystery. Kit. So we're still in the same mystery. Yeah. Yeah, I got to do it at the beginning of a mystery. No. Uh, so wait, you already... Failed. Oh, yeah, DeAndre. Yeah. You did, did that. Oh, this okay. Failed so... Do all of us uh, need to investigate me, or just... Let me look yeah. at my... Yeah, because it's not read a bad situation. It would be investigative mystery. So let me... Ha! Uh, geez, Louise. I can't fail and I can't get a great success. This is a, it's a seven even. Okay. So you get to ask me any question you like. That's from the from the list. No, I mean, it's it could be anything. I te- technically, I have to ask one from the, the list unless I get... An, it's, unless it's an advanced skill. Oh, and really? I roll a 12 okay. plus. Yeah. Here's here's one. Where did it go? Where did it go? You feel like this creature comes from someplace else. I'm not sure how familiar you are, Professor, with the veil and the other side, right? So the other. I mean, I was a monster in a way. I was... The Doctor okay. Frankenstein. Great. So I made I made the the creatures. Are we all monsters? In a the way? science and the research that you utilized to create monsters in your past came from your research of dealing with monsters directly. Over the years, you come to find that these monsters were not just supernatural or pure happenstance. These monsters were coming from somewhere, and there are these gates these portals from a place from across the veil called the other you don't have much more information than that but you know that there are people out there that are more informed and have studied this government agencies secret organizations and there's little information online that you have come across but you know that the veil is some type of magical barrier that prevents the monsters that come from another plane of existence a parallel universe from a darker side of our earth called the other and it is very possible that this creature either has gone back to the other or that there is an open gate uh, a wound that allows monsters to pass through and you might have just found one of them in Hell's Half Acre. And that's 
what we're going to call it. Hey everyone, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to our new Geekly Inc. project, Vanguard of the Veil. We're having so much fun playing and producing this new show, so stay tuned for more to come. If you're interested in learning more about our podcast, follow us on Twitter at Vanguard Veil. If you want to hear more shows like ours, make sure to check out Cthulhu and Friends and Greetings Adventurers, a part of the Geekly Inc. network. If you wanted to follow the people who make this show, you can follow the keeper, Fred, at I Think I'm Fred. Professor Gunderson is played by Matthew at Matthew M. Morris. Deandra is played by Alex at Happy Puke, and Spin is played by Josh at Joskath. Our show is also edited by Steph at Steph O. Kingston and produced by yours truly. All music and sound effects are courtesy of Epidemic Sounds. <laughs>